You're listening to The Influencer Podcast, episode number 28. Before we dive in, I want to give a warm appreciation to our reviewer of the week, Kiara Serrano, and she says... I've been blogging for about four years now, and this podcast literally has helped me in so many ways. I've reevaluated my business strategy, and it's helped me to stay organized and really stay motivated. Thank you, Kiara. I am so glad that this podcast is helping you. So I want to hear from more of you who listen each week, so make sure to subscribe to the Influencer Podcast on iTunes, give us a review so I can highlight your review in an upcoming episode. Make sure to screenshot this episode on your phone and tag me on your Instagram story at Joel Solomon, hashtag the Influencer Podcast, to let me know that you are joining in today, as you know that I love to share those screenshots on my story too. Last week, Ali Webb, founder of Drybar, shared how you can take a dream and turn it into a brand that redefines an industry. She also shared how influencers and brands can work together in really specific collaborative ways. This week, Sophie Jaffe, founder of Philosophy, talks about the importance of connection, self-care, and speaking your truth within your brand and blog. Welcome to the Influencer Podcast. Each week, Julie Solomon, a marketing strategist and New York Times bestselling publicist, takes you behind the scenes with successful influencers, bloggers, and industry elites in conversation to share how they engage, persuade, and grow their unique influence. Her mission is to share exclusive insider tips, wisdom, and action-based tools to help you strengthen, monetize, and build your own industry-leading influence. Hello, influencers, and welcome to today's episode. Super, super thrilled to have the beautiful and fabulous Sophie Jaffe here with us today. Sophie is an LA-based health and wellness expert who is also certified as a raw food chef and yoga teacher and instructor. Sophie founded her company and wellness brand, Philosophy, with the goal of making it easier, more inspiring, and more delicious to attain optimal health and radiant wellness. Sophie created a unique line of cleanses and superfood products that have helped everyone from George Clooney to Sophie his own dad and have become essential components in the lives of thousands more. Sophie has been able to bring her philosophy to the masses all while using her influence to spread healthy living and wellness to a following of over 100,000 loyal tribe members. Sophie also collaborates with huge brands to create magical partnerships and has been featured in Shape Magazine, Yoga Journal, Bazaar, and so many more. Currently, Sophie is filming and launching LA Yoga Girls, which is a reality show on Z Living Network slated for August of 2017. So always looking for a way to give back to the community. She also leads in international women's empowerment called Ignited Workshops, Moon Circles, and Yoga and Hit Classes. And when she isn't crafting revolutionary products from the world's most potent superfoods, which I cannot wait to dive into today, <laughs> she is sharing her insights on how to live a life full of unbounded energy energy, bliss, and balance on the philosophy blog and savoring every moment with her two beautiful children, which I get to see on Instagram and her loving husband. So Sophie, I'm so, so, so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. I'm so honored. I was so excited when I found out it was being interviewed by you. I love you. I think you're the awesome, like their voice. And I just heard you speak on a panel and I just was like, I need to be friends with her. I need to work with her. I just, I adore you. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So Sophie and I got to um, kind of connect and meet through a group that we are both a part of in Los Angeles called Fashion Mamas. And um, and we've seen each other throughout those various events and um, 
and I've gotten to sample a ton of your amazing product through a lot of those <laughs> events as well. Um, but really got to connect at a at a recent conference, um, which we're going to talk about today. Um, but I wanted to to just kind of dive in and really t- chat with you on how this whole revolution of healthy living and philosophy came about. If you can kind of share your journey a little bit and how that yeah. kind of transferred into this really beautiful and inspiring influencer career. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, the cool thing about this whole philosophy that I've been a part of for the past almost 15 years is that it all happened very organically. It was very natural. It was a progression that happened kind of to me, not really like me forcing anything. It just was things in my life I was naturally gravitating towards. I graduated from UCLA. I studied psychology and specifically health psychology and did a lot of research in that. And um, I started to kind of just become curious. I was working at a juice bar in Hollywood where all these celebrities would come in, like huge A-list celebrities would come in and get their wheatgrass shots. And this was 13 years ago. And it was before anyone else was doing cleanses. It was before there was this whole juice movement. It was before all of that. And I really feel like we were there. We, we started a lot of those trends and we also were just right there at the, at those starting lines. And, um, we did group cleanses and they were all food based. And I followed my manager around like a little, you know, like a little Guinea pig. Like I just could not get enough. Just like teach me everything. And I always joke that it's like, I got a PhD in raw foods working there because I learned so much, but both with my body, you know, being creative, experimenting with these superfoods, experimenting with adaptogens, experimenting with raw, raw vegan living and like just immersing myself in it and getting to know it for, through my customers and through the, the tribe that would come in and out every single day and let me know and give me feedback. Like, Oh, that zucchini pasta tasted X, Y, and Z. It was too salty. Okay, great. And how did you feel about the beet juice thing? Oh, you know, it was really hard to take down. Like, I think if you did, and just, just learning through community and learning through like trying things out on myself and them. And so that's really where it all started. I, my mom is a holistic nurse practitioner. So I grew up in a home that was very progressive in terms of health and wellness. She only gave us homeopathic medicines. Like I didn't have Tylenol before like the age of like 15. Um, I had never been in a hospital or a real doctor's office until I had my first child, uh, at 25. And, you know, I just, I grew up in a very eclectic home and again, very progressive. She's a holistic nurse practitioner. So she brought in a lot. She gave us our immunizations at home. Like it was just very different. Um, and now it's not that weird because that's kind of the wave of, of the now is just more progressive, um, Eastern Western kind of balance. And so I grew up in that influence. Um, but it was obviously a balance. also, we like ate a plate of brownies on the weekends. It's not like it was like this really hardcore growing up process. It was just like, that was just the way that we saw healthcare. And it was just like, you know, like that's the way it works. You use Eastern modalities as much as you can, and then go to the other when you need to. And, um, so she, she was like that first influence. And then I started working at the juice bar and that was an amazing experience and just so much fun. I couldn't get enough. I couldn't wait to wake up and go into the juice bar and connect with people and learn. And then I broke off from working there and started philosophy. And I was like, why am I working for someone else when I could work and make, 
potentially make more money working for myself. Um, that didn't happen for a very long time, but (laughs) as, as most entrepreneurs know, it's like not about the money necessarily starting out. Um, so yeah, so then philosophy kind of started to, to, it, it was born. So from there, um, sorry. Um, so from there, I then was started philosophy out of my kitchen. At that point I was making cleanses for my clients and, um, I would make huge operations of like 20, 30 people a time and individualize each of those cleanses to that person. So if one person didn't want nightshade vegetables, they wouldn't get eggplant or potato. And then someone else didn't love the taste of, of beets. So I was, I was doing this like crazy operation where like it made sense at the time. Cause I was like, yeah, everyone deserves to have like their own process and everyone bought everyone's bodies are unique. And it was just, it was a lot of work, but it was also really fun. And uh, from that little operation to of my apartment in my, our first apartment together, I then got a commercial kitchen. And in the commercial kitchen, we started delivering food to Air One, which is like Whole Foods on Crack. It's like amazing grocery store, which has now expanded. But at the time, it was the only one. Yeah. And so then I was making food before Air One had their to-go items. I was making all of their to-go items. So I made all these soups and smooth superfood smoothies and um, truffles and all this stuff. And then I was working for George Clooney. I was working as his, um, basically my publicist at the time gave, uh, gifted Stacey Keebler one of my cleanses. And then she loved it so much. And George loved it too. She was dating George at the time. So then Stacy called me and was like, Oh, can I like, could we do this all the time? Like, I just, it feels so great. Like, what if you came and cooked for us? And I'm like, sure. Even though I was not a classically trained culinary chef at all. I was like, of course, like, yeah, I do that all the time. And so I started chefing for them three days a week and shopping for them. And, and <laughs> it was a trip and a learning experience. And, it was so much fun. And I did that for eight months and I was doing all sorts of stuff, like just crazy things from the air one, three days a week to cooking for George and Stacy running over to Gerard Butler's house to like hand feed him cleanses, like just early twenties, like just like living the life. And also like totally unaware of how awesome all of that was. And at the time I was just like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to George's house. Like it was no big deal. And truly I just, not that I'm naive, but I, I just am like, it's cool. They're, they're just like us. Like it's like the, what in the us mag us weekly magazine where it's like, they're just like us. It really felt like that. It was just like, yeah, they're just people and they want to be healthy too. No big deal. Um, so then from there I got pregnant with my second son, Leo. And my husband was like, you're insane. There's no way you can bring another child into this world. And like, maintain this level of effort. And I was, you know, late twenties, like still had tons of energy, but like, it was starting to wear on me. It was like, Oh, I started to kind of wake up, not as inspired. I would like go into the commercial kitchen. I was just like, it was wearing on me and, you know, like super pregnant, like nauseous all the time, like carrying a loaf of bread around with me so that I wouldn't throw up in my commercial kitchen. Like just, you know, real deal stuff where it's like, okay, this maybe isn't, the path I need to be going down anymore. Like it worked for a while. It served me, but like, how can philosophy be different? So we started to talk about the product line, which is my philosophy, superfood powders, which I was making anyway, like in George, George Clooney's kitchen, I had a huge Mason jar filled with the green powder. And when I wasn't there, I'd say, look, take this and this, 
add this green powder to it, just one tablespoon, and you'll get the greens you need for the day. And, you know, so I was doing it anyway. It just wasn't packaged in the same way it is now. So that's the way that we kind of started to switch gears. And now Philosophy has a ton of products from superfoods, smoothie powders that are plant-based protein, super clean sources of energy with no sugar, no stevia, no soy. And then now we have coconut butters that are infused with with the superfood powders and honeys that are infused with the, with the superfood powders. And then we have do-it-yourself cleanses, which are based on the cleanses that I made for people for five years straight. But now it's like empowering my customer to do it themselves. So it's, it's a program online. We have several different programs, a five-day, a 14-day, and people can, you know, do that on their own at home and, and really create that magic in their own kitchen. So now I've been rambling for like three hours. So I'm no, going to let you talk I love now. Because okay. there's so much that I want to dive into like about <laughs> this, because you kind of just gave us this, you know, the small to big evolution, but I want to kind of know all the details in between. Yeah. So you talked about kind of like you started small in your kitchen and then that led to you getting your own commercial kitchen. And then that led to Irwan at the, the store. And yep. then of course that led to more like high clientele, um, you know, client collaborations for mm-hmm. you and you being able to work with those. So how did that go about? Like, how did you get from your small kitchen, basically like this was the product and service that you were providing to then being able to generate the, you know, the budget and the income needed to then get into the commercial kitchen and then the opportunity to get into Irwan. Like, how did that happen? Honestly, I'm a hustler. Like it's, I wish I could be like, Oh, I got an investor and then I got all this money. And that it wasn't like that. It was, I work really hard and I don't quit. So if I set my mind to something, if I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be an Irwan or I'm going to make this work. I just make it work. It's I'm very scrappy almost like I don't give up. And I, I know my worth and I know that there's no reason that I can't do it. So even though, even though I didn't have the money necessarily to be at that level, I still acted as if I did. So it was more of a mindset. Like, how did you, like, how were you able to do that? I, you know, I didn't have enough money to even buy like enough paper, like, uh, postcards and, um, and information about what I'm doing. So when I go out and do a demo, like I didn't have what I needed, but I, I would just make it and like draw it out and make cool posters. And at least I thought they were cool. Um, like at any given point, like it doesn't take money to do the things that you just said. It just is a mindset of like, Oh, we're not there yet because there's not enough money in the bank account. To me, it was like, I don't need, I wasn't making money at the time, really. Like everything went right back into the business, but I was doing what I loved and I was growing an idea. I was growing a concept. I was growing my business and my branding. And I wasn't paying myself at the time. I had the luxury of like living with my husband. He didn't make a lot of money either. He was a postdoc, you know, student. And at least it was enough to like, we were okay. We were comfortable. And again, it's a mindset in terms of like, if something happens and this fails, I'll still be okay. And so I think a lot of times it's taking that leap. It sounds so like, duh, like cliche, but like, truly I can do this. And if I fail, which I might, I'll be okay. I'll do something else. And I'll also be great at that. And I think a lot of times if we get into our heads of like, I I can't do, Oh my God, George Clooney. Like I can't work with him. Like I'm not professional enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not this. It's all like in your head. It's, it's, 
I am good enough. I've been helping people for five years in the juice bar and now out of my home and I'm affecting hundreds of people walking through era one. Now I'm ready to work with George Clooney because I say I am. And that is the way that I've lived my life, whether it's in business or personal life. It's like, I'm worthy of just as much as the next guy, as long as I work for it. And I'm not, you know, by any means lazy. Like I said, I'm very kind of scrappy and work super hard, but I also know that I'm, I'm worthy and I deserve it. It, it's just a matter of like, I don't need to be at a certain point according to society. Like what I have to offer, the world deserves to absorb and be exposed to. And the people it resonates with are the, are my people and the ones that it doesn't resonate with. That's okay. Like there's someone else that they will like their product better. And I think at any, any point in my career where I've started to doubt myself or doubt my products or like there's too much competition and whatever it is that starts to get me down, it's just a matter of regrouping and remembering why I started and asking myself, like, is there anything else I'd rather do today? No, this is what I want to be doing. Okay. Then this is, this is the path I'm going to continue on and nothing's going to get in my way. And I think it's much more of a mindset. Yeah, it is. Cause it's, it's such a great reminder that really we're the only ones that get in our way. And I love that you said, like, I always tell people like, um, I'm an expert simply because I say that I am. And then, sure. and then I, ha- you know, I have this experience to back it up, but there's no, there's no like expert patrolmen out there no. like no. coming to arrest you for not being expert enough. So no. I love that you said that, like you just, you put it in your head, like, how dare I not do this? I do have this experience. I do have this drive. I do have this will. So yeah, I am deserving and ready to be able to work with, with, you know, high level clients. And I am deserving and ready to be able to be in, you know, a, super, a grocery supermarket like Irwan, who who is obviously your core audience. I mean, you can't sure. get more core for you than probably that type of audience or the you know. Yeah, the but whole it's easy audience. to kind of get wrapped up into like you know even that there was fear surrounding that. Like, oh well, I can't go to a demo in Air One. Like, I don't have a three hundred dollars shirt to put on, and like I don't drive a Benz or I don't drive like whatever the next one up from that. Like, I it's it. I think that I was safe in terms of like, it, I was a little naive and I was young. I was, it was like early twenties to mid twenties at that time. And I was kind of, I had like a little bit of a lack of awareness. Like I saw the beauty and like, Oh, it's like all these hippies getting together at air one. Well, yeah, but they all like make a lot of money and they right. all have like really expensive stuff. Like if right. I, if I would have gone down that path of like, I'm not in that part of this club, then I would have freaked myself out and been like, oh, well, I'll just like, go sell it like Rainbow Acres, which is like this little tiny hippie shop that like n- nobody has anything expensive. You know, like it, it's all in your mind and it's all a matter of like, I belong here. I'm worthy of this, like just as much as the next person. It's, it's so true. Um, and I love that you brought that up because I think that that's such a good reminder to a lot of our listeners who always kind of feel like they're on the outside looking in. Um, yeah, no, we're all connected. We're all worthy of whatever it is you want. My friends, have you ever thought that you have done the hard part? You have started your business and you have taken that leap from belief into really stepping out and claiming a vision for yourself. But you know that if you want to make money doing what you love, you need other support. You need to grow. You need to scale. You need a marketing strategy. You need a lot of this stuff. Now, of course, I talk so much about these things, right? Like how to identify your target audience, where to find them, which marketing channels to focus on. So you're really making the most out of your budget. And of course, how to use things like data to set goals. But there's another great podcast that I love out there that also talks about this stuff. And it's called This is Small Business. 
This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, answers so many of these kinds of questions. Whether you're dreaming of starting your business or you're looking to take a part-time side hustle full-time, or maybe you're a few years in and you're ready to scale. This is Small Business is going to give you the practical tips that you can start using today. And I know that if you love these topics on my podcast, you're going to love them on this one too. Make sure to follow This is Small Business on Apple Podcasts or Spotify so you don't miss these fantastic episodes. And a big thanks to This is Small Business business for sponsoring the show. And I know you've, you've done such an incredible job of being able to fuse the world of a sustainable and healthy living and, and really whole food with influence. Why do you think that that idea is so important? I think that when it comes to being a quote influencer, it should happen really organically based on you telling the truth about the products you love, about what works for you, about, you know, the things that you come across that just light you up. I think if you're sharing from an organic place, both from experience, but also just it being your life and it coming out so naturally that it's oozing out of your pores, I think that that's really what matters when it comes down to it, like your letter level of influence is based on your level of authenticity and people will see through that. If you aren't authentic and you aren't speaking from a genuine place and you're doing it because someone paid you a lot of money to do it, your audience is going to know that and they're going to stop following and they're going to stop listening to you. And over time, you're not going to have an audience anymore. Mm -hmm. Or you're, or you're doing it because you think that it's like the fun thing to do. But it's not really, and that's, it's, it's so I always kind of smile because every episode when I have someone on here that really does get it, they always bring up the fact that, you know, there is really no secret. If you want to grow your, your influence, you have to be authentic. But then sometimes I'll get messages from, from listeners being like, oh my gosh, another comment about being off. Like we get it already. Like stop beating the dead authentic horse. Like you've told us. I mean, I'm like, but obviously it does. People aren't getting it. People aren't (laughs) getting it because if, if people were really showing up and so I even want to kind of peel the layer back because people, you know, people are like, so over that word authentic because it's being overused, but it's like really showing up to your, what I call it is like stepping into your brilliance. And yeah, it is so hard because even what you think may be your authenticity, nine times out of 10 is not your authenticity. And that's what, you know, I I see so many people that are like, okay, I'm going to be a fashion blogger now, or I'm going to be a beauty blogger now because it's pretty and I like it. And I, you know, I want to feel included and I want the attention, but that doesn't necessarily equate to you really showing up and living your true self. And I think that the reason why so many people have been so receptive to you and to your brand and to your influence is because you really do talk the talk. You really do walk the walk. Like you are who you say that you are. Right. So that's I am really, my brand. My brand is brand. me. Right. Yeah. And like so it's, when, there's no separation. There's no separation of that. And, and I think that any, any influencer that I've had on this show who really gets that are the ones that have a been able to kind of, you know, hit the public consciousness or hit, hit kind of that social media consciousness in a way that no one else has. That's why that not only they may, even if they don't have hundreds of thousands of followers, even if they only have 15,000 followers, that is a super, super engaged following. And they're the ones that are going to be here five months from now, five years from now. Long lasting. And it's always the ones who kind of want, who, who seem to get a little like 
annoyed or like eye rolled about the authenticity that I'm like, if that's, yep. if that's bothering you, you should probably, cause they don't get me. it. Right. They don't like, get it. They're just like pumping out this information and pumping out sponsored posts. And like, I roll my eyes at those people. Cause I'm like, I don't believe what you're saying. It's always the same shit that you spew out when you're doing a sponsored post or sharing that thing. Like it's not coming. I know we see, I barely know you and I can tell that it's not coming out with truth. It's coming out with what you think that we want to hear. And we don't, we don't, we don't want to hear it like that. And you know, anytime that I've caught myself falling down that trap, like working with a brand that isn't lining up, you know, and sometimes I'll just, you know, agree to do something thinking it's one thing and then it's something else. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I'm not doing this. Sorry. And I pull out of my contracts and they all get mad. And, but it's like, but what I, makes you decide to do that? Like what happens within that, that? Oh, I just feel, I feel it in my body. I'm like, this feels wrong. I feel like I'm lying to my people. I cannot post that yogurt. It's, it's filled with crap. Like I don't care if they pay me five times as much. I cannot put that on my feed. And it's, it's just, if it comes up and it makes me feel uncomfortable, even if one of my followers is like, she would never eat that. Even if I would, I, it has to stay on brand. It has to stay on message. I, I can't, you know, stand behind a brand that's going to do something that goes against my nature. And it's just like, like literally I've had like legal battles over pulling out and taking down posts. If like one person feels uncomfortable, I'm like, sorry, my audience isn't resonating with this. It's not working. I thought that we were using the Greek yogurt, but now we're using this other one. And this one's pumped with this and that. And like, you know, it's just, they'll never call me again. That is a huge business that pulls in lots of different sponsored things. I, they will never call me again because of what happened. And, but that's probably it's, good because it, it's you better them. So you can attract exactly. the brands that really exactly. do get you and want to work with you. Exactly. And it feels counterintuitive in your body, but at the same time, like me being a truth teller is way more important than having a lot of followers. And that's been that way since the very beginning. We're like, mm. if I would have just listened to all the people that told me like, just focus on one or two things, Sophie, like only do your smoothie bowls or only do a yoga <laughs> pose. And then you're going to grow like this amount exponentially, literally experts in the field telling that. And that's true. If you want to know how to grow your Instagram, pick one thing, do it the same way every single day. You will have more followers than I have in a shorter amount of time. But it's not like to me that's and that's not fine. A brand. That's, that's just that's the not following a brand. number. Yeah. And it's also like, that's fine for them. If that works for them. I know lots of people it works for, for them, they're getting what they want, but in the end, they're not going to have the type of audience in my opinion that they want. And for me, I want someone that can see all different angles of who I am in my life, in my truth, because that matters to me. It matters to me to tell the truth, show up as who I am and not like, put on this facade or like this fakeness of like just one little thing, one little aspect mm-hmm. of who I am. And yeah. I probably would be like, wait, like half a million followers already if I would have done it that way. And I was very resistant. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to leave my kids out. Nope. I'm not, you know, and it's, it's very clear. Like most people don't want to look at you and your happy life with your kids. They don't, they don't want to see that like you're fit and you've got kids. That's, that's a fact. Most people don't like your best friends. Yeah. They want to see your kids cause they love you and they love them. Most 18 year old girls don't want to see me like with my family. It's just not like, okay. And you know, my other friends that are like, or not even friends, but other people in the field that are 35 years old and they don't have kids yet. They don't want to see me with my kids either. They're like, Oh, that's a reminder of what I don't have. So it's no matter what, like I'm going against what I'm probably losing followers because of the way I do things. Like 
I post a chocolate cake or me eating ice cream, but then I also post a raw vegan thing. Like, which side are you on? Like, I'm not picking a side. I'm both. I am about balance and telling my truth. And that's the point. And I think it, 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 there's two ways of, of doing it. You can grow an account and or grow a social media presence based on doing it based on the rules and doing it quote unquote right. Or you can really have a relationship that's always growing and evolving and be really connected to it on so many levels. Like I look forward to posting because I'm telling my truth and it's like sharing my love with the world. And in a really, it feels really good. It's like cathartic every time I share as opposed to like, Oh, I got to post this thing, you know? Well, and I, and that's probably again, why you're able to to, to have the, the audience and the following that you have, that's so super engaging because your, your true audience, they want to see all of that. You know, they know mm-hmm. that you're, that you're a multi-passion entrepreneur that just doesn't have just one thing that you want to focus on, that you do want to kind of share, you know, all different kinds of aspects of who you are as a, as a person and as a, and as a woman and as a business owner. So I, I love that. And I think that that's fantastic. And I think that that's such a great takeaway to the listeners to realize that, you know, you do really have to kind of figure out what it is that you're trying to do. Are you just trying to grow a following? Are you just exactly. trying to grow like an influence? Are you trying to, to really grow a long-term business off of your influence? Like what is your end goal? What's what is your end, end goal? Exactly. Yeah. What do you want from this? Are you starting an account just to be like the next guy? Like I have friends, you know, that, or like this woman who came on my retreat and she's like, well, how am I going to get like you or X and like get free food sent to me? I'm like, really? That's your goal? Like, that's your goal. You want free food sent to you? Like, I can help you get that. Like, right. that's easy. Right. That's super simple. That's like, right. if that's it's a super simple cookie cutter rep- recipe. I can give you that. But I don't think that's really what you want. Mm-hmm. I think you want more than that. And I think that you're afraid to really go down the path of like what you really want. So um, true. And I, and so we, we've explored that. And now she's just like blowing up, like, you know, not like, crazy amounts of followers, but just like really great engagement. She's talking from her truth. She took some time off of social media, which was my prescription. I was like, literally like, you need to just stop for a little while because you're obsessed with this idea of what you think you should be. And now you're being competitive with people that aren't even like in your like league. Like, why are we having this conversation? Right. And she took a couple weeks off and just now she's like dancing and doing all these things that come from such a truthful place. Mm. And I see it and it's mm-hmm. like the most beautiful thing. Mm, I love that. And I love that you, that you really touched on the fear because, and, and to me that kind of goes back to the awesome, uh, the authenticity, because what I always say when people want to eye roll me for like hammering down the authenticity talk again, I always say to them, it's like, look, if, if, if I walked up to you in person and within the first five minutes of a conversation, we didn't talk about what you claim is your authenticity, then that's not your authenticity. Mm-hmm. Like if I walked mm-hmm. up to Sophie, you know, in person within the first five minutes, I am probably going to hear something about wellness, yoga, superfoods, you know, what, what, are, what, what are your children like? How are you, yep. you know, how can I supplement some greens into my son's diet? We would, we would get on some kind of conversation about that. Or if you were talking to me, we would probably get on some kind of conversation about marketing, social media tips, PR yep. or influence, because that is who we authentically are, not only as a brand and, and as a and business, there's no forcing. It's people. not a forceful yeah. thing. It's not like 
it, it's come so naturally. And that's the point is it's just like, that's what oozes out of your pores. That's what excites you. That's what lights you up. If you're doing something else, then it's, it's not coming from an authentic place. Right. So it's like, you know, if you're a beauty blogger and we go to dinner and you don't once mention anything about beauty or skincare or your favorite makeup or new lipsticks that you've tried, I don't know if I could really believe you exactly. <laughs> as being someone who is so in love with beauty that that, that is your entire brand and business when you don't even yeah. talk about it in front of people when you exactly. don't even show up. So I think exactly. that that's, that that's such a good takeaway that, you know, that's why authenticity keeps showing up in this podcast. That's why it won't go away. That's why every fantastic guest brings it up because it's, it is the core of what really makes an influencer grow and shine. It's true. And it's the, and that's the core of what makes any human being, whether you're an influencer or not, like on a much smaller scale. Like if you're not living an authentic life in whatever it is you're doing, if you don't like waking up and going to your job, if you don't like waking up and whatever it is, you need to make a change because you're not living an authentic life. And you know, you feel it in your bones. If you're waking up and you don't like what you're doing, you feel it every moment of the day and you can't, you can't ignore it. I mean, really? Yep. At the end of the day. Um, I want to talk about Instagram for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that when it comes to the fitness and the quote unquote supplements and the wellness kind of track, it, especially on Instagram, it is such a saturated market. Oh so yeah. What I mean, obviously, we we talked a lot about like your brand and being authentic probably helped you stick out among the saturation. But what else do you think helped you stick out among the saturation? I know that you had listed like not like not like kind of diversifying who you are, but were there any kind of tips or tricks that you learned along the way, or was there a tipping point for you specifically when it came to Instagram that you that you can kind of look back on and think, okay, I think that that really helped me kind of stand out. Um. You know, there's been several different layers of that. Um, one thing that really like keeps coming up for me is this time during the election where I took my family to an anti-war rally last, um, it was last October and it was November. And then for like three months, I was very political and like had to take a stand and had to tell my truth. And I feel like it was maybe not the smartest thing in terms of social media, in terms of growing. Um, I lost 5,000 followers in like a six week period. Wow. Um, which is really interesting. Like I had no idea. I had so many, like, how were all these conservative people following me for that long? Like, what were you thinking? Like, (laughs) and so it was a really interesting time where like, I had to be okay that I was telling my truth in a really big way. you know, people were like, you're the worst mom. Like the kids were like at the March and like, there was this one specific photo that was me, my husband, and then both kids on our shoulders and they were holding a sign. And you know, it's like, just like when I woke up that morning and I'm like, should I take them with us? There was not a, a tinge of, of no, it was just like, fuck yeah. Like they're my, they're an extension of me. They can understand this. We will chat about it. I mean, weeks later after the March, um, my five-year-old who was four at the time, we were at the park and he was like, what was it that we kept saying? Si, si se puede. And like, he just like wanting to chant, si se puede. Yes, we can. Like, 
weeks later because he had such an impression from that experience. And to me, that's what it's all about. Like, I want my children to be well aware of the wrongs in this world, the rights in this world, as painful as the wrongs are. It's a learning opportunity. And I'm a very political person. I grew up in a very political liberal home. You know, I like my parents listen to NPR every morning. I like cry about like turn it to music and no, we're listening to the world. We're listening to what's going on. And, um, you know, around every dinner table, like talking about politics, talking about what's going on. And, um, and it's really interesting to see it in these times in life that it's a, it's a pivotal moment. And, I chose to take a stand because I physically felt ill being quiet. Mm. And that's when, you know, you have to tell the truth. And again, in a six week period, I lost 5,000 or more followers. And I'm now so grateful because ever since then, my followers know me, we have an understanding and we're on the same page for whatever, whatever that is, you know, like they might not feel exactly the same as me, which I hope they don't. Not everyone has the same beliefs, but those that needed to be filtered out are gone now. Bye. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need you buying my products. I don't need, and, you know, even my business, my team was like, that was a really bad business move. That was a really bad business move. Like we're going to lose a lot of, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Like <laughs> they can go. I right. don't want them using my superfoods. They are not on the same vibration. And, and you know, and it, it's, it's hard. These are all really hard. Like bringing your kids into that stuff, bringing your business into all of this. Like I'm an influencer and like, I'm losing people accounts for like, look, we can't have, you're like really outspoken about things. Like we can't work together anymore. I'm like, all right then. And it's like you said earlier with it, it you close one door and those people maybe aren't going to ever work with you again. That's okay. But then all these other opportunities that are more on your wavelength, they're going to be attracted to you. And that's what matters. Mm-hmm. And I'd much rather, it's all about quality over quantity and I love my community and I feel like I can really show up and be myself. Like I can say things in a certain way and like, sure, the new people that like come on board might not like get it right away, but like the long lasting people that have built this community with me, they know what my sense of humor is like. It's just really refreshing and nice to be able to show up and tell the truth and be who you are and not feel weird about it. It's really nice. So that was a big one for me. Um, yeah, I don't know, just things like that, like where I come out and tell the truth about things about the way I feel and then it's received in a certain way and it it turns me into a new corner. Absolutely. And I feel like, again, it, it goes back to that idea of repelling and, and attracting just as many, you know, it's like, wow, you, you were able to repel thousands of followers. But to me, I think that that really... That says to me as like a a marketing person that your business is growing because if Mm. you're able to really like, obviously you're in, you're influencing people, you know, if you're influencing them to get out of the way so you can attract more of who your core audience is, then you're doing your job. Totally. So, you know, and like you said, not everyone has to agree with the path that you choose, but that's, that's your path and your business and your brand and who you are as an extension of all of that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it just shows, it shows me that, that your intention and your authenticity is working, yeah. you know, for, yeah. for the growth of yeah. your brand. Um, yeah. And, it, it's and that's my why engagement. people feel so connected to you as well, because you're not, 
you're not afraid to stand up and to say no. what you're really feeling and what you're really yeah. telling yourself on the inside. You know, it's funny. Like one of my very best friends, um, he actually wrote me a couple of days after the election because I would like be crying on my story. Cause that's the truth of where I was. Like I, the day of the election when Hillary was like, when they were giving their speech and just, you know, like I was crying, taking my kid to preschool. I rode the, him in the bike. He, I have like this little trailer on the bike and he was going to preschool right around the corner and I'm bawling the entire time and we're chatting about it. And you know, he's five. So he didn't really understand the gravity, but he did understand. He's like, did the other guy win? Like he, he got it. And it's, it was one of those teachable moments, learn learnable moments. And it, I would cry on my feed and I would cry on my story. And like, this sucks, this sucks. And I'm not going to just like turn a turn a cheek and be like, okay, moving on. We lost. Um, that's not the way it works. It's not that cut and dry. And one of my girlfriends reached out and she was like, all right, you got to quit this shit. You're a yogi. You're a positive person in this, um, you know, in this community, you got to stop enough is enough. And I was like, girl, it is two days after the election. I am mourning. I am being an authentic, positive source to this community by telling the truth. And I put her in her place, which like, I don't normally do if I'm usually like very easygoing. And, but this is something that means a lot to me. And clearly I'm crying on my feet. Like, what are you talking about? Right. But you know, to her, it was bringing up a lot for her. She, she's not speaking out. She's like, it's all about love. It's like, what? Like, no, it's not, not right now. This is not about love. Like, this is not about accepting this right now. This is the opposite. This is where we need to use our voices for what's right. What's wrong. This is where we need to use our influence to help the world. And we can. And I think that that's, you know, those moments when they come up, like it is terrifying to tell the truth. It is terrifying to have a voice, but it's even more gut wrenching to not tell the truth, to not have a voice, to just be complacent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I, I love um, Brene Brown and Liz Gilbert talk about that all the time that like, what's worse, like, you know, showing up, you know, and, and as hard as it may be, you know, like kind of, they, they call it eating the shit sandwich Yeah, <laughs> as, as nasty as that may cost. It's like, what's worse is that, you know, never even attempting to even try to get, you know, to totally. that place of like, totally really manifesting what you want for yourself. No. And, and you've talked a lot about kind of listening to that, to that inner self and really with your body, which it makes so much sense because you're, you're a yoga teacher and you're a yoga educator. So you're obviously very in tune with your body, but you've mentioned a couple of times of how you decided not to do a collaboration or, you know, you decided to speak your truth or something because you, you literally felt it in your bones. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and how really kind of being intuitive to that inner voice and really being physically intuitive to your body has helped you make better decisions for your brand. Oh new yeah. Business. Oh yeah. That's a great, that's a great topic. I mean, my whole like branding and messaging has kind of changed over the years where now I'm in this place of such intuition when it comes to food, when it comes to working out, when it comes to yoga, when it comes to all of it, relationships, it's all intuitive. Your body has a primal knowledge and it knows, it knows what's right for you. It knows what's not this morning. Kai, my older one at six 30 in the morning was taking this like, um, cough syrup stuff, like this homeopathic cough syrup stuff. And it tastes kind of gross. And he was like drinking it. And he's like, 
like making this response with his body. And he was like, my body is so smart that it knows when something doesn't taste good, that it has to make a response. And I was like, Oh my God, Like, (laughs) you're right. You're right. Your body knows and it's going to respond and you can't ignore it. You just like when you take that sip and it's gross, your body kind of like makes a weird response. It's that's the way it is with anything. But over time we start to ignore those flinches and and responses and cover them up and be like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's not okay. Your body, you need to get back to the place where you listen to your own body in everything. And what's right for my body right now might not be right for your body right now. What I'm eating right now might not work for your body to eat and nurture your body at this time. And same goes for all of it with like working with partnerships to relationships, to girlfriends I have, to you feel it in your body and you will feel a response when you're going down a path that isn't right for you. And you can either listen to that first instinct or not. And if you don't, it will eat at you. I actually, I signed this contract with a yoga brand apparel company, um, which is like, talk about Instagram, like rape, whatever you want to talk. Like they literally take advantage. They take the biggest yogis on Instagram and use them, pay them very little, some of them more, some of them less pay them to be their, you know, marketers and a lot of posting is happening. And these few select people, which I was included to that inner circle for about six months before I ended my contract, but they use Instagram. They use Instagram to get the word out about their company and they're using these people and paying them very little to, you know, using them for their followers. And anyway, so this was one of those things where I went in to sign in. It was very intoxicating. Like we were at this beautiful Malibu retreat and like a $10,000 a night house. And they're like getting us all massages. And I knew in that moment, I I felt sick when I was, and she's like, Oh, I just wanted to chat with you for a minute. Like, Oh, go into your massage. And then when you come back out, we'll chat. So we sat down on the couch. I felt nauseated and I ignored it. And we went forward with the contract and every day I felt inauthentic every day. I knew it was wrong and I couldn't, I just didn't have the courage. I was, I couldn't turn it down. I was like, I have a lot of friends that are working with the company. It'll be really fun. It'll be good for my career. Like I just created this illusion of why it was going to be okay, but it's not okay. If it feels wrong in your body, follow it. And what's, Sick. what was it just kind of the environment that was there? Cause you use the word it was like mean girls. which it is was kind like, of toxic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, totally. It was like mean girls. It was like the girls in high school that you don't want to be friends with, but they intoxicate you. And you're like, but I want to be cool. Mm -hmm. Like it was like that, like that old programming of high school or middle school or whenever, if you ever experienced that, which I experienced a lot of that. And I feel like I wanted to like, this is where the cool kids sit. I want to sit with them. I want to be at the cool. I want to, they have a mil over a million followers on Instagram. Like, oh my God, they're going to give me so much. And in that, those first moments of being at that little like staycation retreat, it felt like I was going to be given a lot. Like, oh, look at this. Like, look at all, oh, they've got the best photographers. They've got all of this stuff and they're going to give me all this free clothes. And then they're going to pay me on top of it. Oh my God. I'm so lucky. Mm. Who am I to like say no to this opportunity? Like there's only 15 girls in the world that are part of this inner circle. And I could feel it. I was nauseated. I, it just didn't feel right. And I, 
pedaled along being very resistant to a lot of things. Like they thought I was the biggest brat because I just, I kept being like, that doesn't feel right for me to like promote your blah, 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 without you paying me more. Like you're having a black Friday sale. I'm having a black Friday sale on my, like I have a company, like I'm a mom. I'm the only mom part of this circle. And like, you're paying me less than anyone. And it was based on my followers and like everything about it felt wrong. And I did it anyway. Mm. And I learned the hard way and that's how I have to learn sometimes, but I will never sign an exclusive contract with someone again, unless everything in my body tells me yes. And it, you know, it's just, you got to listen to the signs and that's what happened with a lot of things that in my life, when I look back, whether it's business or relationships or whatever, that first sign of something coming up in my body, that's resistant to it. If I ignored it, which most of the time I did when something went wrong, then it came back and it was way uglier than it would have been if I just would have walked away in the first moments. And your body knows your body knows your body is very intuitive. Your body can feel it. You just have to listen. And the more that you listen to your intuition, the sharper it becomes. Mm. And, you know, when I travel alone, like when I used to (laughs) before kids, when I used to travel alone, my intuition was so sharp because you have to be, you have to be on it. You have to feel things out. You get into new situations. You're traveling alone as a woman, like in a third world country, like you have to be on it. You have to know whether or not something is safe or not. And you do know your body knows, and it will tell you. And over time it gets better. But the more that you push those voices away and the more that you take on things that don't support your growth or your best self, whether it's relationships, friendships, if you're sitting at a dinner table with someone and they like, you're feeling something as they're talking and you're like, Mm, like, I don't want to be around this energy right now. Like Mm -hmm. that's not what I'm needing. The more you ignore that, the more you're going to get that in your life. And the more that you don't ignore it and you're like not hanging out with that person as much or not talking shit about that person with that other person or not joining this like cult like organization because you think that it's going to be great for your career. It, all of it is the same conversation. You're ignoring your intuition, which is the greatest tool you could ever have. And it's free and it's, it's like within you and within all of us, you just have to like focus on it. Those are such good, good reminders and good takeaways and, and, and really looking at supporting your growth. And, and when it comes to supporting growth, I have seen you start to do more videos, whether they're, they're Instagram lives or the recorded videos. Do you think that, that have you found that recently videos have been, have been helpful in supporting that growth of just your brand awareness and really kind of your belief systems as an influencer? Yeah, I feel like videos allow my audience to see and feel me as a person instead of just like this expert girl who has a perfect life, which I think Instagram, not just for me, for everyone, you like everyone that you follow that's an influencer. I'm sure you think on some level, she's better than me. He's better than me. And they have a perfect life. It's not true, but that's what happens when you only see snapshots and pictures of someone's life. They edited that photo to make it perfect. They set up a perfect scenario. Like that's fine, but you have to be aware that they set that up to look perfect. And no, I'm not going to like put a picture of myself on my feed, like in the middle of an argument with my kids. Like, that's not pretty. That's not cute. Like, I don't, I don't want that on my feed, but I will cry on my, my stories because that's a, a extension of more of my truth and the full 
circle of who I am. And it allows my audience to really respect my, me and my choices on my feed even more because they know who I am. And I feel like it all helps each other. Like, I feel like since I've shown up more to my stories in an authentic way, not in a perfect cookie cutter way, um, you know, I think perfect cookie cutter can go on the feed as long Mm -hmm. as you're not like bullshitting the words too. As long as like, for me, I like write a lot of truth and come from my heart, but like, yeah, it's a perfect yoga photo on the beach. Like, yes, that's, that, that is what it is because I would like to show you the beauty, but it's, it's both. And I think it's helped my engagement to engage more on my stories because people are getting to know me and the whole, the whole me. Yep. Not just the the pretty version and the perfect version. And that's, I I love the videos for that as well. Um, So before we wrap this up, I want to talk, I want to get your advice on something. There's a lot of influencers that listen that, you know, they're hustlers, like we talked about, you know, they're, they're kind of the turtle in the race and they're, you know, they're, they're in and in, in, in this every single day, trying to grow their influence, trying to grow their brand. What would be your go-to superfood that you could share with us for energy and focus? Hmm. Good question. I would say, um, my cacao magic blend, and I can tell you what's in it in case you don't want to get the actual product, but you want to get the ones, the superfoods that are in it. So first of all, my superfood products, the reason that I created them was because I used to buy a lot of those superfoods and Mm -hmm. have a cabinet full of superfoods. And then I was like, Oh, like this thing went bad or how much do I use of this? A tablespoon. So the reason that they first, like it was more of a convenience thing. Like instead, Everything that you need for your perfect chocolate shake is in this bag. Everything you need for your perfect berry shake is in this bag. So it was a convenience thing first, and then it was like, okay, I can actually save money on this too. So my Cacao Magic Blend is incredible for focus and energy and stamina. It has um, cacao, which is raw. It's a cacao powder and cacao nibs, and, and that cacao, when it's raw form, isn't actually the same as caffeine. You have to actually cook chocolate for it to become chemically the same as caffeine. So it's still an energizer, but it's not as much. You won't experience that crash, like a caffeine crash. Um, so it's cacao. Um, it has reishi mushroom in it, which is a longevity mm. herb. It's um, from China, and it's a mushroom. So Reishi is really great when, when coupled with cacao. And then it also has maca in it. And maca is an adaptogen from the Andes. It's a root that looks kind of like, um, like a, like a beet, but it's white. And maca root has been used for thousands of years in battle. Um, men would take it and drink it as a tea before battling for two or three days. So it has like a lot of endurance and then also stamina, Um, and it's an adaptogen. So it adapts to whatever you're needing energetically. So if you're feeling a little anxious and ungrounded, it will ground you. And if you're feeling a little like lethargic and tired and like, blah, it'll pick your mood up. It'll pick your energy levels up. So I think maca, reishi and cacao together make this really magical concoction. And I actually discovered that at the juice bar, I would make that in the morning and it would keep me going for hours. So that's, what's in my cacao magic blend along with the plant-based protein hemp and, um, Vanilla, mesquite powder, which has iron in it for women, um, and magnesium, and um, yeah, and like throwing it into a blender with like half a banana and almond milk is just heavenly. Mm. Well, I know that you're not like a full-on vegan, um, and I want other people to kind of learn more about because I I really love your recipes. Like I think Mm. that they're, I mean, the products are amazing too. Um, I first found 
found your products years ago when I got, well, probably two years ago when I got the coconut bliss. Awesome. Um, but what I love about your recipes is that they're very open to kind of, you're like, look, this is how I would make it. But of course it's adaptable because if there's people out there that may be flirting totally. with the idea of not eating meat, or maybe they're still eat meat eaters, or maybe they're egg eaters, you allow for those kind of, of course. ideas to be supplemented in there. So I love your recipe. So I would love if you could share with us where listeners can find more information about you, Sophie, but then also about philosophy and the products that you have. And tell us a little bit about what we may be seeing that's coming up next for the philosophy brand. Cool. Awesome. So my personal Instagram is sophie.jaffe. And that's where you'll find me, my voice. I show up to it every day, um, my life, my kids, everything. And then for the company and also me, my blog is thephilosophy.com. And that's kind of like a, a beautiful synergy between me. We write all, I write all the blog posts and, you know, it's all from my voice and recipes. All of it is stuff I've done in my own kitchen, tried and true. So um, the blog is philosophy products, but then also me. And then, um, I talk about motherhood there. I talk about yoga. I talk about life and brands that I'm loving and all of that. I do a heart of the week every Friday and that's like new brands that I'm loving. Um, and then I have a YouTube channel, philosophy mama and Twitter's philosophy mama, and then philosophy love on Instagram. And that's where you'll find a beautiful community. My entire tribe of like philosophy lovers. So people come in, they share their recipes, they tag us in their creations, and you can see where we're sold in different stores. We're sold in almost 150 stores nationwide, including Urban Outfitters, and um, we're growing. So it's super fun, and you can get the store listing on our website. And then what's... Yeah. Yeah. It's growing. We're only in two or three urban outfitters in New York, but then we're online. So urbanoutfitters.com sells our products. They have our superfood powders and our coconut butter. So that's super amazing. And I'm excited to grow with them. And, um, yeah, so lots of fun things. We're also sold in like a little shop in Paris and one in London. And it's just really fun. We're like now have an exclusive thing in Canada. So if you live in Canada and you're listening to this, you can get it via switch grocery, um, and they sell all of our products and it's just really fun. And it's again, super organic. I've been doing this for eight years now with the products and you know, I'm still going and <laughs> it's, it's amazing. beautiful. That's um, what and, speaking you know, your truth will do for you. That's speaking what it'll your get truth, you. Speaking <laughs> your amazing. truth. And like you said about the rabbit versus the turtle, like I'm straight up the turtle, which is so interesting because my day to day feels like the rabbit, but the long, I mean, I've been, I've started philosophy eight years ago. That's mm. a long time. Yeah, and is. I feel like slow and steady wins the race every time. Um, but in terms of what's coming, um, I'm started, I just am about to sign a book deal to do a philosophy cleanse on cookbook. So it'll be like all raw meals for the most part, but it'll be like the cleanse philosophy from my perspective. And yeah, so that's coming up. I'm really excited for that. Um, and this yoga, this yoga TV show for me personally is really exciting. And for the brand, um, it's called yoga girls and it's actually, it was slated for August, but now it's coming out in September. So really excited for that. It's going to be on Z living, which is like a health and wellness network. You can get it. Um, uh, what is it? I forget what it is. It's like, um, dish network. Yeah. Dish network. You can get Z living and then hopefully other ways to online. So that should be really fun. I'm excited to see how it turns out and it'll be great for my brand. And 
Um, and that's kind of it right now. There's a lot going on, but it's fun. I can't wait to see that. Um, okay. Before we wrap this up, I have to ask you a question that I ask every guest that comes on the show. Mm-hmm. And that is what does influence mean to you? Hmm. I think influence means speaking from the heart and living your life on the same path as your heart like guides it to be. Mm, I love that. So you're where your heart and your voice kind of connect. Yeah. I love that. Exactly. Well, Miss Sophie, thank you so much for showing up today. And as always speaking your truth and sharing your amazing brand and your influence and how you really touch and, and help so many people just live healthier, better lives, not only mind and body, but also in spirit. So I thank you so much for that. And I am so excited to really dive into the, to the show that's coming out and, and kind of just seeing philosophy in more places that just gives me Mm. so much hope. And it inspires me to see that the, you know, the brand that started in the kitchen has now evolved into this huge, beautiful. So thank you so much. You're so welcome. And again, thank you so much for coming on today. Pleasure. Are you ready to create your own industry-leading influence? For show notes, downloads, and action-based tips, head to www.theinfluencerpodcast.com where you can find out more about this week's episode, guest, and our host, Julie Solomon. If you enjoyed this week's episode, please take a minute to go to iTunes and leave a review so we can help other influencers like yourself build their own successful business.